Welcome to Married to Who, a podcast where a couple of couples watch Doc 2 for the very first time. My name's Jake. With me are the couples Cody, Sam, Jill, Alex, Producer Terry. This week we're here to talk about Nikola Tesla's Night of Terror, written by Nina Mativier or Mativier, directed by Nita Manzor, aired January 19th, 2020. Jill, what'd you think? I think if I knew more about history, I would appreciate these stories more. However, I did really enjoy it from what little I know. Sam, you love Tesla. What'd you think? I'm going to be brutally honest. I did not want to watch it today, and I half watched it three times. I just wasn't in the mood for Doctor <laughs> Who today, so it took me a long time to get through it. But I th- I think it would have been a really good story, and I'm going to have to watch it again when I'm in a better mood. But it was fine. Um, great. Terry? I thought it was okay. Um, the monsters were pretty fun, but kind of silly at the same time. Like, the, I don't know. Comparing to, like, the Van Gogh episode, where it was a lot more heart-touching, this, to me, just fell flat in a lot of areas. So, it was it was an episode. Why are you comparing it to that episode? I don't know. Like, I just, whenever you go back to other historical people and, like, how Tesla, like, died to, like, no money, no fame towards himself. Like, he was fighting for everything. He was, like, a lone goat. Kind of like how Van Gogh was. Goat. Goat. I don't know. <laughs> I want to write the ch- the kids' book, The Lone Goat. <laughs> Not the lone greatest of all time. It's like the opposite. Yeah, yeah. The lone goat, and it's just a sad goat. <laughs> Uh, so yeah i don't remember anything else terry said except lone goat so alex (laughs) what do you think i enjoy it it's it's fun uh there's some weird things about it so i got some notes but yeah overall i enjoyed it yeah i will say this one when i first saw it made me want to watch um like history channel stuff about nikola tesla and uh do it uh, oh, do fuck. it what was it no what was his name shit Thomas Edison oh, I don't know why I was thinking like Newton I was like that is not right like history's come full your circle your instinct is to watch documentaries about them instead of like reading <laughs> you're like I'm no. gonna find a TV why show about I these read? people <laughs> it would take so long to read something I could watch a TV show and be entertained and get the same information reading's boring fuck He's, books yeah. I don't know, he I speak have... the true true Two books you can borrow on Nicola if you want to. I'm good. Do you have a documentary he can borrow? <laughs> no, I just <laughs> watch History Channel. It is a documentary in book form. 
I just watched History Channel. We're, it's we're good. It's a document about him. <laughs> and here's the thing. I watched it once. Now I know everything I need to know about it because it happened. It was history. You didn't watch it, though. <laughs> yeah, I did. Like, I was saying the first time I watched it, like, back when it aired, I did I did go and watch a History oh, Channel Oh, so you thing. did find a documentary yeah. about him? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so enlighten us. What do we what do we need to know? The feud between him and Edison is insane. Like it's it's wild. The like the American electric chair was created out of this feud. Like it's just bonkers, man. I'm Can you stop yelling? Highly no, I'm you drunk. are yelling. <laughs> I'm so drunk. I'm highly disappointed that they didn't include his love of a pigeon. Yeah. And also, like, his OCD. Like, you didn't get a lot of his mental health in this episode, and that is a major part of Nikola Tesla, I think. Sam's about to show her straight nerd knowledge here. <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely made to just be the, like, unsung hero in this story. Yeah. The, no, no faults, except for, like, a little, you know, of the, like daydreamy genius and there's way more to him as a person than that i same right. could be said with edison too though in this episode like he was made to be the bad guy but he like he was just being a guy who's trying to run a business in a hard time in american history yeah and there's other things like um like he was very like anti-violence and he never would have had a gun on him oh, when just like i guess walking i didn't around know about that but yeah Fun stuff. So, fun facts? Well, Jake. What? What did you think? Um, It's good. Like, as far as just, like, middle of the season, no arc story. Uh, it's definitely in the top tier of the Chibnall era and better than a lot of other bullshit. I was looking up stuff on, like, the Idiot's Lantern today for the quiz coming later. And yeah, I'd watch this 40 times before I watched The Idiot's Lantern. <laughs> I still like, like that, that episode. I know, Sam. You also like fear her, so everything you say means nothing. <laughs> we all have an episode that's terrible. I may have more than one. <laughs> I don't think I have a single episode that's terrible. Prove me wrong. They're you don't all like good. any of the episodes. Yeah, that's yeah. not well, fair. I mean, that's that's true. a trap. Like, I have a buffer, but... Family Blood, amazing. Black Spot, absolutely a British treasure. Yeah. A right treasure there. of the United yeah, Kingdom. I forgot. You've got yours. Wrong. Yep. You're all wrong. Okay. Uh, stuff, go. Stuff. They said, like, whoever wrote the script had a couple lines that were just abrupt, didn't make sense, and didn't play into the scenes. Specifically, the example would be... Um, the aliens walked in with Tesla's assistant and then the doctor said something verbatim and then Tesla said, you're dead. And it was so out of place, especially for Tesla. Hashtag pacifist. And oh, I didn't I, understand. I clocked that too. I see why you misunderstood that. It was done poorly. He was talking to the reanimated corpse of that guy who worked for Edison yeah. that he saw die. Oh. So he's talking to him and said, it should have been, you can't be here, you're dead, or I saw you die. But instead he says, you're dead. And it does sound like a threat to <laughs> yeah. um, Mrs. Uh, or Miss, 
what's her name? Okay, Shit. I figured that was a possibility, but his Skittle. like demeanor Skinner. and f- like physical Skillet. acting of it, skin scare it. That's scare what it. it is. It just it didn't jive. Like it didn't work out. And there was a couple of those, not a ton. I think there was like three, but that was the one that I remember right now. I wouldn't blame the writer for that. I might blame the editor, perhaps, or the director. Yeah. Yeah. Just for like not getting the coverage they need or like getting a weird line reading and being like, well, we got everything we need. Let's move on. Yeah, that's true. I wish they dug a little bit more into Tesla's like inventions. Yeah. Uh, for one, because I think they're all so incredibly cool and unique. Or his and w- life, like anything. If you're going to make a historical episode, like do it. Right. Don't I think just, with like, Van Gogh, the they really dived into a lot of his artwork. And Tesla was just, you know, this super charismatic guy, which I think is a little off as well. Um, And so what you're what you're saying, and I totally agree with, is that what you wanted, because it's a character like Tesla and not just like, um, you know, um, that spy lady from Spyfall Part 2. What you want is a story about him, like the Van Gogh episode is about Van Gogh. This is a story about one particular part of his life which is that um energy tower up at niagara falls mm-hmm. uh whatever the fuck that was called warden project warden cliff yep. so it's very specifically just about that and so it, you know it's not gonna have time to dig into anything specific about his life because that's just not the story they're telling and with a character like a real life character like tesla maybe that's just what you want you want something more yeah i want more in-depth on tesla I, think... I agree with that because, again, like I said in my how do I, what I think about the episode, I really know nothing about history at all. And I, out of this story, got that obviously they didn't get along and you got like a little bit of why, but you really didn't know why. Like it, it really is just like Tesla's the good guy, Edison's the bad guy. Except in the one scene where then the doctor's like assigning them roles and throws Edison into like being a good guy to defeat the monster who then like sort of turns into a bad guy but still does the right thing. That scene really bothered me like it it just seemed off from the rest of the story. You're talking about the scene when he was in the street and he was just like screaming like he's firing up his tower, get inside. Yeah. But he was doing it to like get people inside right. instead of like Which is fear-mongers. hilarious yeah. cuz he was helping do what they needed to do but also calling Tesla bad. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. In right. the same breath. That scene I hated a lot. But whatever it served its purpose i get it but like you know he was the monster or was one of the monsters the whole story by just being himself and then they put him into a helping role but i really didn't learn like alex had to pause it and explain to me the whole like feud and whatnot because obviously there's something but you don't if you don't know you don't know right if you come into this not having any idea about the edison tesla battle you're like why is this a thing? Because they don't really touch yeah. on that very much. Well, That's why, like, I need a precursor of, like, oh, hey, this is what the story is going to be about. Go research it and then come back and watch the story. Yeah, and, and like, Jill was thinking that when we were watching it, that, like, the feud between them, like, that's Doctor Who writing. That wasn't real life. I was like, no, this like, these bits are real. This actually happened. And then this is the Doctor Who bits. And so it's very confusing if you don't really know. 
on that note, I think there was like a Tesla craze in at least in the United States for a while. So maybe well, there, this, quite, there are a couple of movies at the same time that came out. Yeah, this episode was shot around like that Tesla craze where, you know, that's common oh, knowledge. No, I'm thinking there was a Tesla craze in the early 2000s. Was um, it way back then? Damn. It, yeah, there was a movie like a magician movie where David Bowie played Tesla. And then I think there's a different like just Tesla movie in the early 2000s. But I will I will disagree a little bit with that. They don't do enough to show the feud between the two of them. You know, they they do show like the fear of alternating current that Edison was perpetrating into the public and they do sh- give the story of Tesla working for Edison and then getting fucked over. Yep. So those two little things by themselves is enough to be like, yeah, these guys don't like each other. Good enough. True. Yeah. I agree with that, but I didn't want to say it because I've read so many books about Tesla. I feel like I just knew it already. <laughs> yeah. Right, I, right. So I don't want to like say you're wrong because you don't know this already. I feel like I came in knowing more so Jill would have a better insight than I would. I, I would yeah, say... that's a good point. Um, Watching it the second time, I kind of came across a parallel that I didn't notice the first time in that the Tesla Edison feud is kind of like the the doctor and the, I wrote down their name, Skithra. Master. Uh, <laughs> no, the doctor master. Oh, my God. The doctor Skithra in this episode, because the Skithra like stole all of their technology and like we're claiming to be this big, huge, awesome thing. And that's kind of what was being portrayed of Edison. Like he just has a lab of people that thinks everything up and he like kind of takes the credit. So you didn't pick that up the first time? I didn't. I had like, I thought it was just like a historical. I'll bet a hundred dollars. We talked about it in our podcast. Did we? I had to have. It's, it's like, it's not even subtext. It's (laughs) very blatant. I like, I, I wrote it down. I was like, fuck, did, I don't remember like that kind of parallel before. And well, it's just an unremarkable part of the story. I thought it was kind of neat. Like it was, it was uh, an interesting way to kind of weasel in Doctor Who stuff into like historical stuff. Right. I'm just saying I could see why you wouldn't remember that part. Oh, maybe. What do y'all think of the Skithra? Definitely not the Rachnos, a completely different <laughs> monster. They... Well, these are scorpions, oh. not spiders. Different Rachnid. But they had the same teeth and the same head and the same actress. They showed her face in the trailer for the season and everyone's like, oh, cool, Arachnos. And they're like, psych, it's just something looks exactly the same, but it's totally different. What the fuck's the point of that? That is (laughs) too bad. Make it look something different. They already have the Arachnos. They they really just kind of dropped the ball. I thought the the queen lady was insanely cool, but the overall mission of these baddies was the most cliche- boring shit i could have possibly imagined the doctor who portion of this doctor who episode was pretty terrible (laughs) yeah i did like the cg when when they were running through the streets i thought that was really cool it's good there i that is really good and they put that in the trailer because they know it's really good but when they're in um tesla's uh shop and they're all the scorpions are outside and it's nighttime and they open the door and they're all just outside. It looks like those old movies where they would have like a live action person inside of a cartoon. 
Oh, uh, yeah. Where it's like very clearly like that's just something that was drawn and we're just going to put it in this space between these two doors. And it looked so bad. I thought the CGI was really good, but I also thought for being scorpions and having that many legs, they're shit at taking corners. <laughs> Why are they they're falling going over fast. each other so much? It's the same reason the uh, the Empire can't fucking land a single laser shot. It's called plot armor. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah. I was wishing, though, that with the queen of the uh, Skithroth, or whatever it's called, Skifra, um, that like they would have done something to her nose, like some sort of prosthetic, to just add like a point or a shell or something like that to where it didn't look like human person in makeup. Like I was just wishing for more on her. She moved her face design. too much. They couldn't. They couldn't fit anything on there. That was <laughs> yeah. really disappointing. She did move her face way too much, and like her eye makeup was not quite. Yeah, there. I think the eyes were the the most like telling that it's a uh, it's prosthetics. But also, if the the give and take is how much the actors able Get to do. On? Yeah, then, like I'm, I'm willing to live with that to let her fucking go nuts because she was nuts and she was awesome. On the side of yes. the face where there was like something hanging off and it had like a glowing piece in it, that was pretty cool. Yeah, but How? the rest of it was kind of garbage. Just literally just makeup on a face, and you could tell. Her teeth, though. Yeah, her teeth. Those things were gnarly. <laughs> Which is just probably why she had... human teeth. Somebody yeah. thought was like, you know what's really <laughs> creepy? Teeth, but backwards. <laughs> but backwards on her already existing teeth. <laughs> I, I do wish they had done, like, modulated her voice a little less. Like, I wish we had got a little more of what the actor was doing. I will Ooh. say, I, I was kind of disappointed that every scene she was in, it was smash, like, close to her face. Because her face was the moneymaker. But, like, her body acting, like, when they showed the wide shot and, like, her walking around. Yeah. It looked terrible. It didn't look menacing. Like, it was just a person in clothes. Yeah. Like, the Rachnas had this huge spider body, yeah. but also couldn't move. Right. And I think they wanted her using the space. And, you know, she goes up to, I think it was Tesla and, like, or maybe it was Ryan. And, like, has this giant claw on the end of her finger that she, like, goes under his chin with. I thought that was kind of cool. I mean, it, it it's fine. Let, let her move around. Yeah. Do you think uh, after the trailer went out and everyone's like, oh, the Rakdos, like BBC is like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, <they didn't> <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. What I think is they they did the makeup test on her, got her out into some lights and was like, oh, shit, this looks exactly like the Rakdos. <laughs> we <laughs> have no more money, so we can't change it, but we're just going to have to deal with it. At which point they should have put in a line of just the doctor saying, oh, the Skithra, cousins of the Rachnas. That something. would have been perfect. I would have been fine with that. Yeah, that would have been a pretty decent workaround. The more agile, kleptomaniac cousins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Alex, being as you watched a documentary, I'll give you a bonus point for the quiz if you could tell me what year this took place in. Oh, oh. dang. I don't know. I'm really bad with years. Like, 1905. Sam, do you have a guess? I don't. You're close, Alex. It's 1903. Nice. Holy crap. And we can also pinpoint the day because we know what day he got that letter um, from 
Shit, now I'm blanking. Oh, from Mr. his... Well, fr- from the rich family, uh, one of... Mr... Yeah, what is it? Sam opening her tome of testimony. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a real thing. Mr. Brady. Was that his name? Was that his real name? No. I, yeah, that um, doesn't sound familiar. No, it was from, like, one of the big... It's, like, the name of a bank. Like, oh, Mr. Morgan. JP, it was J.P. Morgan. Oh, yep, that that sounds Man, right. Man, he had funding from J.P. Morgan? Oh, my God. For a little while. Well, he had dropped funding. Well, because he kept asking for more money and because he kept yeah. not completing his project. So then oh. they dropped him. There are reports that on this day that he got that letter, that that night there's a bunch of electricity shooting into the sky from whatever that place is called again. Wordcliffe? Windcliffe. Right. And uh, so somebody knew that, or the writer, supposedly, um, and she was like, oh, that'd be an awesome, like, oh, I, what if they were shooting down a spaceship? Wouldn't that be cool? And so, like, the whole, <laughs> I'm guessing the whole basis of the story came from that one thing. <laughs> so I, I kind of blanked out at the end when they, like, started shooting the spaceship. Did it just disintegrate in the sky, or did it fall to the Earth? It flew away. Yeah, it, shot, it, it like shot off into the sky. Oh. Yeah. Huh. So Crazy. they'll be back probably, maybe. Want to do a tweet quick? Sure. Just real quick, real quick. Ode underscore Ali at Ode underscore Ali says, now the, here's a title and a half, and an episode almost to match. It's a pretty inconsequential story, but even so I really like it. I like that we get a lighter historical than the one in season 11, at least in tone. But we're still getting some education out of it. Sorry, I'm going to edit out stuff we've kind of already said and just get to the other things. Uh, the title does give slight Hammer horror vibes, and the story does lean into darker areas and does sugarcoat the reality of Tessa's life, keeping a good balance of dark and light, as a lot of good Who stories do. The Doctor's reaction to Tessa is great, even if it's only for a moment, and her disappointment in his lab not being special is brilliant. Jody gets to lean into the more teachery side of the Doctor with a speech about his inventions, which works so well in explaining his influence and accomplishments without being overblown. And Graham and Ryan get the comic relief moments again, but I think it works well in this one, letting the story flow and explore Tessa's life and adding humor instead of detracting from the episode. Okay. The characters all seem pretty note, fleshed out. On that note, the scene where the death ray and Ryan points it at Graham, loved it, <laughs> laughed out loud. Yeah. It was great. I really liked the the face that Graham pulls when the death ray doesn't work. And he's just like, I kind of knew this was going to happen. <laughs> it, it was pretty good. Um, the characters all seem fleshed out. Edison gets more than just the antagonist role. His reaction to the deaths of his workers give him more humanity. but And he's not just the basic villain. While not holding back from showing his business practices and how they were completely disgraceful. Uh, every character gets to be rounded, even Dorothy, and having characters being believable is great for the story. Yaz actually gets stuff to do in this, does she? Which is always a nice surprise, even if it's not an enormous amount, at least she gets some agency. The kidnap scene is great, and Yaz being the one who tries to save Tessa really shows her courage, and being paired with Edison to warn the public gives her a chance to actually do something proactive when she saved that boy. Uh, the skiffs aren't the best, but they work well. Yeah, he also points out what Alex was saying about the parallel between the aliens stealing shit and Edison stealing shit. 
Angelina Mahindra is excellent in the role of the queen, giving it her all, making what is a relatively simple role into a proper scenery-chewing monster that actually seems like a threat, despite being a little over the top. Jodie's performance in her scenes with the Skither Queen are great. Her Have You Seen a Dead Planet line and Thirteen's reaction is incredible. The anger in her expression is so clear and intimidating, and the treatment the Skithra receives seems so violent with that in mind. Uh, the ending is powerful too. Tessa's line about the future being his is such an incredible statement about hope. I hated the music when that played, by the way. Uh, there are a few inaccuracies, but that's expected. The fact that Dorothy didn't work for Tesla until years after this is the most egregious, and even that's forgivable. I'm excited for what y'all think, and warning... I already have six pages of notes for next week's episode. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, I will say on that tweet, they mentioned the, uh, uh, like the doctor teaching and I wish, like, I like it, but I wish Jody would deliver it differently. And I don't like, I think it's because she's always like hunched over with like her hands out and be like, this thing is really cool. Like almost shaking the camera. But I, f- I kind of want, like, the Capaldi saunter around, like, yeah, this is really cool. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the, just the different delivery. I think I would have liked that a bit, a bit different. Yeah, I get it. It'd also be cool if, like, one of the companions was an expert in Tesla and was doing some of the teaching. If any of them knew about Tesla. <laughs> right. Right. Like, you don't have to be a scientist. Like, Sam loves Tesla, has read multiple books on him, and knows a shit ton about Tesla. Like, if Sam was with us, she could be like, oh, this is this, and this is that. If, you know, if we were... <laughs> I, I said if she was with us, as if we were traveling in time <laughs> to go do that. But, like, it does, like it's, it's fine for, like, one person to play the fool, but for, like, all of them just to be like, who the fuck is Tesla? Which... This is coming from the perspective of an American, so maybe it's not more well-known outside of the States. I mean, it's barely well-known here. The only reason I ever bothered learning anything about him was from movies. I definitely didn't learn anything about him in school. It is an American thing. Like, I don't know what Edison... Well, Edison created, basically brought electricity Yeah, because of the media. But isn't that worldwide? I feel like that's a big invention and correlated yeah. with tesla i don't know i don't USA, think it's correlated with tesla USA. <laughs> and then are tesla vehicles not all around the world right now <laughs> that's a very fair point oh, holy shit like if you know yeah. about tesla vehicles like aren't you slightly curious about where it came from i i would bet you that 75 percent of people that have any brand recognition to tesla the vehicle think that elon musk last name is tesla (laughs) yeah i could see that like maybe even people watching this episode were like so this is like a made-up character that they made up because of tesla (laughs) motors okay to comment on that tweet real quick where he commented on yaz doing stuff first of all that's where i was going i don't really know that she she did anything and in fact i'm just kind of disappointed at the lack of the fam involvement at all like i know we've talked about it before but bringing in all of these extra side characters just makes nothing for the fam to do and i thought that was evident in this story as well you are right i had the exact same thoughts while watching it and like yeah graham and 
Ryan have their tiny little comedic relief, but that's like the only thing memorable they do. Yaz right. is literally just the doctor's bitch and was again. <laughs> well, what I was going to say in that regard is that, you know, everyone gets sent off to go do something, but it's the doctor's idea. So they're really just like an extra pair of hands a lot of the time. And yeah, it's fun to see Yaz when Tesla is being teleported away to like jump in and go with him. So she's showing her bravery, but we know she's brave. She's always been brave. She's the bravest of all of them. And it's nice to see, but also nothing in the story would have been different if she didn't do that. And she and she was just like, then they're always paired off with the side character. Yeah. Or the, the one-off character. And then the one-off character gets to do the stuff every single time. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, she runs over to a boy and tells him to get inside. Cool. Like, everyone would have done that. It doesn't make her special. And she, sh- like, she should be special. And, like, I'm trying to think of the companions and times when they saved the day. And just so, because I'm, I'm trying to make sure I'm not being, like, unfairly harsh on these companions or the writing of them, really. But I can think of times when every single companion, like, had agency and did something that resulted in the resolution of the story. Like, in Rose's first story, she at least, like, jumps on a chain and swing kicks some monsters into the lava pit and saves the doctor's life. Yeah, those days are long gone. (laughs) I know we talked about what you want to see next in a companion pretty recently, like before we got the fam. And the thing I wanted to see was a companion that didn't fall in love with the doctor. And I think I miss it now because (laughs) like they just have like a level of passion that these companions just don't have i think there's a difference between a companion being in love with the doctor and or a meet uh, like a middle ground between the companion being in love with the doctor and the companion not really having an opinion on the doctor or really even bothering to get to know the doctor like there Mm -hmm. there is something in the middle where we could probably have a good time agreed yeah i think I think this would have helped if in the first season with the doctor, with this doctor and the fam, if they would have just done like deep, uh, like familial and like story dives, like just a whole season of just the fam and the doctor learning about each other. I think that would have been great. And then the second season go into like traveling around and seeing things because then you can just like write in other characters like they are and then you like you know where the fam's at because you know them from last season like you don't have to yeah i've been uh watching series three this week martha's season because uh i'm going to guest on the companion piece podcast this weekend and it's martha my choice i picked martha (laughs) martha's great martha's banging but she like i watched gridlock today which is like her third story or yeah, third story. That's the one and... where they're like in the, there's like the cat people in the car, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And she like stops him, puts a chair in the ground. It says, no, you're going to tell me who the fuck you are and tell me what happened to you. And like, he breaks down in tears and like tells her about the time war and about his planet and about himself. And it took her three episodes to just be fed up of him not telling her anything about himself. And these people do not give a fuck. They are perfectly (laughs) happy 
to just be like a tenant in this person's house, <laughs> like just renting a room. But they're but they're they're with her all the way. They're with oh, yeah. the doctor all the way. They constantly have to bring that up. <laughs> don't worry, Doc. We're with you. We don't know why. We have no idea what's going on because you haven't fucking told us. But if you tell us to run outside and put these two wires together, I'm your fucking man. <laughs> Need me to be teleported somewhere? Yes. <laughs> Can I just say, like, as a woman, I think the portrayal of the doctor is also weird in the way that the other doctors that we've seen have been much more emotional, like on both spectrums or, you know, both sides of emotions than this doctor. It's like they're afraid to portray emotions because she's a woman. Yeah, Tennant cried for a season and a half. <laughs> like, I, I just think it's I think it's weird how unemotional she is. That's a super interesting point, Jill. I've never thought of it. And it kind of blew my mind. Boom. Like, yeah, because if you, you blew Jake's mind, <laughs> well, it, it totally makes sense because that's, you know, what women, I mean, that's a constant thing that gets brought up from women in the workplace. Like if you get emotional, then you're like that emotional, like over emotional woman. But like if a dude gets emotional in the workplace then he's like fired up and like full of passion. And so, yeah, maybe it's it is they just don't want her fucking bubbling tears every time something doesn't go her way but then you flash back to david Tennant, the dude couldn't fucking stop crying yeah i completely that, forgot about that i'm glad alex brought that up that was that was his thing he went on he vacation just, because he was sad immediately just fucking <laughs> the angstiest doctor of them all well yeah i was just uh i was just talking about gridlock like when martha confronts him the first thing he does is start crying <laughs> just talking about <laughs> orange grass and fucking burnt skies and there's so much potential, too, with having seen whatever's going on with... Oh, man. can't even think of the name of her planet right now. Gallifrey. Yeah. So she saw what's going on with Gallifrey and still is pretty unemotional about it. She did shed a tear <laughs> in that scene, but then that was it. But now it's just gone. <laughs> yeah. She's like hard shell. Yeah. That's a very good point. Jill blew all of our minds. <laughs> and I, I think, you know, not to give any spoilers, but like moving forward... I think she tends towards anger more than, like, sadness. That's better than nothing, because right now it's nothing. And maybe not anger, but more of frustration. Like, she gets frustrated with Oh, no, things. I'd say she's she rages. Yes. Yeah. And I, th I think a previous doctor, like, Tennant raged, and Matt Smith raged, and obviously Capaldi raged. They all rage, but there was like a more emotional kind of back background to that rage that yes. maybe they are purposely leaving out because she's a woman and they don't want people bitching about her just being an overly emotional woman. Man, they got so much flack for just making the doctor a woman. Why not lean into it and just make it fucking right? Well, and that Jody even said before the show came out or before her first episode came out that like, she didn't want any stories where the fact that she's a woman plays into it. Like, she just wanted to play the Doctor. Like, anyone could just write a Doctor Who story, and she would just play the Doctor. But sometimes, you gotta, you just gotta tug at the heartstrings. You gotta have a sad yeah. story that you cry about, and, like, things suck, or your companion is in dire straits, and you can't come up with a solution and your back's against the wall, and you're sad and frustrated, but no, I just... 
Or like you fuck a hot French girl, but she dies of tuberculosis and writes you a letter, so you just roll a tear in the TARDIS. <laughs> that would be Girl of the Fireplace, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, I, th- I think we're hitting the, the nail here, guys. Like, there there hasn't really been that heartstring moment with the doctor. And, yeah, I'm missing I think that. we got close at the end of Spyfall. Right, and that was Part the only one. time because the master was there. It was super emotional, but that's like the master. That's like a climax season opener thing. I don't know. We'll see. We got more to go. Yeah. Passion fruit said a jar candle at bird underscore b underscore moth says they really gave us a little racknos and thought we wouldn't notice, huh? Good episode though. I'm always a sucker for Tesla content. Nice, short and sweet. We don't we don't get to see that very often. Somebody good. straight up calling out the Rechnos, which is uh, <laughs> pretty important. I got another shorter one here. Nikophorus Focus or Nikophorus Focus. I <laughs> Ollie on Companion Piece podcast tried pronouncing this name as well. Pronounced it different than me. I looked it up on the internet. It's pronounced a hundred different ways. They're all correct. <laughs> All right, Nick Forrest, focus at jury of underscore one says, I really like this app. The actor for Tesla was really great, and I love the kinship he and the doctor had over their enthusiasm for invention and discovery. I like that the story portrays its humans as fully developed people and doesn't reduce Edison to a complete 2D villain, even if it was a little close to that. The aliens are very fun with fantastic special effects in the chasing, and I love the historical setting of New York. I think this story uses the fam relatively well, especially Ryan. I think Ryan was was sporting probably the best clothing. I thought he looked sharp. Oh, I liked Yaz's outfit. Yaz's yeah. was good too. Yeah. Sock pig at Mrs. J McCrimmon says, "I can't believe you're on Tesla already." No comments on the app. I liked it, but how are you feeling? What a marathon! <laughs> I I honestly I often crave more time to digest the stories. Yeah, stop watching them the day before. James Courtney at Mr. J.A. Courtney says, After doing something different last series, we're back to the traditional historical romp. Whilst the historicals last year were often brilliant and had plenty to say, I did miss just having a fun adventure in history. I love the portrayals of Tesla and Edison, much more even-handed than we usually get these days, and both the actors did a very good job. The story was great as well. And managed to tie in thematically with the inventors. The only issue I had was the jarring difference between the Scythra Queen, almost all practical, versus the rest, which are all CGI. They just don't mesh well at all. I agree. There is a reason the show hadn't done it like that since the Slothene. Um, I have one note in my notes about this story, and it is that I hate the music. I didn't, oh, I didn't even, even know notice. music existed. Didn't... See, that that was what I was thinking, is typically I don't notice the music, so when I do, it must mean that it's, like, intense, and I think in this one, I just locked into it so quickly that I was it, it. I just didn't feel that it matched a lot of the scenes. Sometimes it was fine, but, like, fine at the best of times, and then, like, this big bravado, like, when Tesla goes into the TARDIS... And at the very end, when he goes, and the future is mine, and they have like this huge music sting, I fucking hated it. Is that a is that like a famous quote of his? <laughs> no. I've never no? heard of it. 
Oh, I it like he delivered it, and they had like a moment in the show that it like it was. Yeah, I got yeah. that same feeling. It was like the end of an episode of Captain Planet. It was <laughs> yeah. so shitty. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the end, they the doctor didn't wipe his mind or Edison's mind of all of this craziness. <laughs> right. That's a good point. Like, and they talked about Wi-Fi. They talked about. They did. They did all of <laughs> remote so, control cars. Tesla was it the already, last like, episode? Had patents for most of the stuff. I feel like. It's but been... they're telling him that it happens. They're like, yes, your theories are good. <laughs> like it will happen one he's day. He's already crazy. So does it really matter if he's a little more crazy? Doesn't it matter more? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, because he didn't seem crazy in this episode. He didn't. So it's been a couple weeks since we've done this. Was it last episode where the doctor was with the spy lady and uh, the computer lady? Yeah. And she wiped their minds. Yeah. But not Tesla's mind? (laughs) Or Edison's mind? We just released the episode on that conversation (sighs) last night, so go ahead and listen to it. But why, like, why, why, what's the pick and choose? I don't, I don't understand the order here. Tesla's mind is too important. You can't make mistakes. You need to keep everything still in there. <laughs> so you can't, I don't know, it's the doctor. So she can't fly the TARDIS very well. She probably can't erase minds super well. It's either all of it or none of it. One of those episodes was written by Chris Chibnall and one of them was written by Nina Mativier. Okay. That's it. So that's why. <laughs> Actually, a lot of these episodes are kind of written by a uh, writer's room, so it's a lot of the same people giving the same input. It's shit. Alex, give me that fun fact scene song. I was going to do one more thing. Um, I did like the random, sh- like, classic Tesla shots that they did. Like, the, the slow zoom out when he's, like, reading the letter next to, like, his inventions. Like, it looked like the the picture from, I don't know. Whenever I think of Tesla, I always think of, like, the picture of him reading a book with the coils behind him. And then they did, and then they did a shot of him in the TARDIS like that, like, after they won. Like, they did the slow zoom out, and he was just kind of, like, looking at the thing. And it, I thought, like, that was really cool, even though it's kind of, like, a shitty design. But it was neat. Like, it was him in a in a lab. Much like the doctor was in his lab, like it was ah that parallel between him and the doctor, I like it hit me real strong this time around. You know, I know it wasn't cool when they're like juicing the TARDIS to make that force field, and they have like the the big cables coming out of the TARDIS, and Tesla turns it on, and then he's like following the electricity that's pu- pulsating through these cables, and he's like making a motion like he's pushing it with his hands <laughs> yeah just the dumbest fucking thing yeah that was that was pretty dumb and it was like blue like the tardis blue <laughs> <Right>. yeah <laughs> and they have to be halfway between the console and the door because they can't shoot any scenes over by the console because it's too small <laughs> alex give me that fun fact song fun facts uh, Robert Glenister played Edison. He's been in Doctor Who before. He was Salatine in the 1984 story, The Caves of Androzani. I have not seen that one. We'll get there one day. Robert Guiver was Bill Tallow. 
He was a creature and droid puppeteer in the three main Star Wars sequels, Jurassic World and Fantastic Beasts. Sean Mason was Foreman. He's also in I Hate Susie as PC Niven. That's Billy Piper's series that she wrote and starred in, which is also on HBO Max. You could watch right now. Ooh. Nah. (laughs) Angela Mahindra played the Skither Queen. She was also in 41 episodes of the Sarah Jane Adventures as Ronnie, one of the main kids. Shy Ronnie. <laughs> she's also <laughs> she's also the voice of the Mechanoid Queen in the Daleks miniseries that came out on YouTube last year. Um, she's also partners with Sasha Dwan, who plays the Master. So they didn't. So she didn't play the Rachnos because I thought they got the same actress. <laughs> <laughs> no, she would have been eleven years old when that came out. And. I think I erroneously said when we were talking about Sasha Dewan, I was talking about the Blu-ray where he's sitting there with his wife. Uh, a Blu-ray for a classic season. Oh, where yeah. Where he's, like, doing commentary with his wife. They're not married, but they are partners, and this is her. Nice. Nice. What else? That's really cool that they both uh, got into Doctor Who. That's awesome. Terry? Tatters? Yeah. Speaking of stuff you hate, you? Um, <laughs> was that what you Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I really dislike when they are taking historical costumes, like the one that Yaz has, and they have to make the dress into a pantsuit. Like, it's not a skirt. It's a faux skirt. Like, it's legit two giant-ass pant legs. It's like, can she not run in a regular dress? Yaz doesn't like, wear dresses. What is wrong That's with a character her? choice. Oh, if you go through God. all the episodes, Yaz was... don't wear dresses. She wore yeah, a suit know. to the party. But it's this is like a historical thing. Also then, on top of that, the Doctor's suspenders, what was going on with those this entire episode? It was either they were tucked underneath her jacket properly, or they were like so lax that they were just popping out like bra straps. <laughs> and they were like, there was no tension whatsoever. It just She looked like a schlub the entire like time. You had plenty of tension. Like, oh, <laughs> oh, I've been wanting to say this so long. It's like it hurt, hurt. Oh my god, it was bad. But I did like um, Graham's when he yelled at Tesla and Edison of doing the "Oi, ACDC." I was like, "Oh, that was really funny." That was like my favorite line out of this whole thing. Everything Graham says is funny. Um. I, that's, that line sucks. It's <laughs> hard to disagree that it's funny. It's kind of oh, overplayed. Well, it's a I bit like obvious. It. Anyway, what do we do next? Uh, MVP? Terry, tweet? give me no, that MVP theme song. I'm sorry. Alex, give him that MVP theme song. MVP. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> We're going to get sued. It's like the... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, why are we sued? Terry, who's your MVP? Because of the... Uh, My MVP is going to be Jodie Whittaker. Weird. (laughs) Thank you. We we don't give her the MVP very often. (laughs) Oh, well, nothing else really spoke out to me. (laughs) Uh, Cody, who you got? Uh, The gentleman who plays Nikola Tesla. Goran Vizhnik. I don't... Same. Goran Vizhnik. You're the same, Sam? 
Yep. Uh, Jill? Robert McAllister? I was trying to remember it. I forgot already. The guy that played Edison. Um, Robert Glenister. Yep, that one. Alex? Nicola is great. Nicola. Oh, you, oh, you guys no. remember that commercials? That joke was bad. You can't yes. talk shit about ACDC <laughs> and then come up with that garbage. I don't know, man. You guys loved it. <laughs> it was real good. <laughs> right, and I'm giving mine to Angelie Mahindra. Give me that Skither Queen all day. The guy who played Nikola Tesla, where is he from? He was on like a hundred plus episodes of ER. Oh, I that mean, was like, him. Is he from somewhere? Son of a or is bitch. he from the US? Like that's why I'm He's wondering. He's from Croatia. Like, where Tesla's from doesn't exist anymore, and I don't remember what the new country is where it used to be. Did anyone else think that he looked like a young uh, Kevin Klein. No, no, I think he looked like a middle-aged Kevin Klein. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Like when I saw him, he's, I'm like, oh, nice. He's not Twenty Kevin years Klein. old. He's oh. forty-five years old. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I was thinking he was familiar, and now that you say he was in ER, yeah, he was like the like the hunky guy, right? I all I know is I I've never seen a second of ER, but I know that my mom loved this dude when I was a child. Yeah, okay. Yep, that, I can see that. The OG McSteamy? Yeah, that's where the McSteamy comes from, is that guy. Well, it's there's, there is a McSteamy, but it's McDreamy. Come on. Who's McSteamy? His friend who comes in, like, season four. You're right. Oh, man, it's a pair, so it's just McDreamy and McSteamy. Clearly, I should be watching this show. 14 seasons strong. Yeah. Oh, my God. So he, he was in ER from 99 to 08. So I was just making sure I was actually a kid and not like 25. But yeah, I was 16. That counts as being a kid, right? Alex watched as a child with his mother. I did. Yeah. I, I would actually beg my mom to not make me go to bed so I could watch ER. That was just because you wanted to go to you didn't want to go to bed. But I actually liked ER. Like. Seeing Alex Kingston was yeah. great. Like she, her, and this guy were like the two actors that <laughs> the I two really liked. People, yeah, they were so good. Kid just loves accents. Your Alex Kingston thing didn't come from Doctor Who, is what you're telling me. <laughs> that, that, and the uh, oh fuck, what was his name? No, no young straight boy is gonna look at Alex Kingston when he's seven years old and be like, no thanks. <laughs> The, the guy that uh, played in Revenge of the Nerds, he was in ER, too. Like, one of the main doctors. Yeah. Something, Bald boy. Wasn't it, like, something green? I no. don't know. That guy he was really good, too. Like, those three? Nailed it. So there's Noah Wiley, who is Terry's buddy. Because Terry watches the librarians for some fucking reason. <laughs> yeah and your bald boy is Anthony Edwards okay yeah I think that checks out has anyone watched I'm Sorry on Netflix never even heard of it no but I've said it a lot you do it's true <laughs> 
it is now time for everyone's favorite podcast quiz show game the game where we do a pub quiz and these guys play against each other and terry does badly in this game <laughs> these guys will be split up into their married coupledness terry will be alone and he will lose <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. It's getting, it's getting real show here. Depending on how much I want to edit, you, the listener, might just hear this skip forward to win. I read out the question really fast and then the answer. But I'll leave like a five second gap so you can play at home. Because sometimes I can't be fucked to edit them talking back and forth and trying to figure out the answer. Question number one. In the Idiot's Lantern, who were they trying to go see? Elvis. Elvis is correct. Wow. Oh my god. Swingings, no? Uh, No, but what was the show? Yes, for a bonus point, do you know what TV show they're going to see Elvis on? David Ladder. Way before him. <laughs> See, I told Johnny, you. Johnny. It was in the same studio. Johnny Carson. Before him. Same studio. Our Letterman did his show in the Ed Sullivan Theater. Uh, it was the Ed, Ed Sullivan, Sullivan show. I never would have known oh, that. Yeah, it's, I don't even know who that is. Terry, that's around your time, right? Ha 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 ha. Terry, did you get that one? I said Mike Tyson on the Mr. Rogers Neighborhood. Jesus Christ. Jeez. (laughs) I need someone else to help me. Can Terry join our team? (laughs) I was going good guesses. (laughs) In the question, it says they landed in London during the Queen's coronation. You think the Queen was coronated during Mike Tyson's time as someone who would be on TV shows? You weren't specificating to which queen? She's been she's been the queen the whole fucking time. She's been the queen since the forties. <laughs> right, name the or queen the that was who became queen Next during question. Mike Tyson. <laughs> yeah. Next question. In Hyde. In Hyde, they go to haunted house. What is the doctor's real reason for bringing them there? A psychic. A psychic reading on Clara. Now, what if I were to tell you she is not a psychic, but she's an empath? Empath. Oh, yeah. Alex, what'd you guys say? We had no guess. Like, <laughs> I couldn't. Can you describe the episode? I could not think of it. The one where there was a love story between the monsters and one was in the mansion and one was in the pocket universe and they were like trying to meet each other. Oh, and he was in that weird like forest island and it was disintegrating yes. and clara Aww. like didn't want to go into the mansion and she's like dare me and the doctor is like i dare you and she's like okay and it had it had those two scientists people were they scientists the two people that they met yeah and they were like definitely yeah. boning but okay <laughs> so do you guys you guys yeah, think you deserve a point for psychic like i'll give them psychic yeah i want to know what they think who's they the people who said psychic. I don't know the difference between a psychic, a psychic and empath. An empath so. is someone who can sense somebody's feelings and emotions. It's essentially, it's close to the same thing. Like, psychic is just reading off of, Terry's like, just excited to get any points know, for anything. 
Yes, but it's sent to get a reading off of Clara. Like the doctor goes there to figure out yeah, Clara. Now and I, I feel if you had said it that way, it. I'd be more inclined to give you a point. That's I what I said. Terry gets a point. I don't think Cody and I get oh, a no. point. If he, if he gets a I point, you get a point. You Like a psychic reading isn't <laughs> any different than a psychic. on Clara, they just said a psychic. Right. Points all around. As Ex- as a team that didn't even try, <laughs> I would give them points for psychic. Yeah. And if you had said psychic also, I would say no to everybody because saying no or yes wouldn't make any difference. But because you guys didn't have an answer, I'll give them a point. In the parting of the ways, they're joined by somebody the doctor meets on Big Brother. What's her name? How do you spell it? Linda with Damn a Y. It. It's no. Linda with a like Y. <laughs> I was like, Katie with an I? I don't. <laughs> I told you they were going to be mad when oh, they heard the answer. Oh, shit. Two points for Cody and Sam. Damn it. Terry, I'm going to assume you didn't get that one. We have zero points. Jill, Pretty we close. have zero Shanequa. points. Yep. In the hungry earth, the Dr. Amy and Rory visit a big drill. What year is it? Twenty sixteen. No. We said we said twenty twenty three. No. Five thirty six AD. And <laughs> in the question, it says try. when they land, they see themselves <laughs> waving at them, revisiting past glories. And you think they decided to live in 53680? Yeah, your question statements are Everyone real got weird, it. It was 2020. What you were trying to say. The oh, year of was our actually year. 2020. You were actually there. Split the difference between between 536 the... and 2023. Uh, take Terry out of the question and between Thanks. the other two teams, split the difference. We got it. In Amy's choice, the Dream Lord traps the Doctor and Amy in one reality. What's the other one? Okay, is it them in the TARDIS hurtling towards a cold sun? That's exactly what it is. Fuck yeah, I got one, baby. We we put black hole, cold black hole. We said in the TARDIS hurtling towards something cold. Uh, Something cold? I'll I'll give you that. What I was was looking for was in the TARDIS and cold. That's why I said a little specificity. If you just said they were in the TARDIS, I wasn't going to give it to you. But I had super specific. <laughs> yeah, that's... We need that, a plus one. I did one. not think it was you a plus You can have a bonus point because you're going to lose anyway. Uh-huh. Terry, Thanks. did you get anything? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still am not going to say my answer. <laughs> I'm going to come down nope. there and pummel you. <laughs> that's all right i'll just delete it from my phone um i want to know what you thought they were doing it has to be no a- yeah what did you think they were doing you i honestly couldn't remember like i knew it was it wasn't good so it had to be something bad and then my brain went to a whole nother episode of a different tv it, show i said the world is taken over by the silence and i thought that's what the other reverse part of it was, but then I was literally just thinking of the episodes with the silence in it. So, no. Did it involve in any way... Shut up! I didn't know! Did it in any way involve a lone goat? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, no. (laughs) Ah. 
for those listening at home, Terry got his second vaccine shot yesterday, and he's being a little wonky today. We have no excuse for the other hundred and so episodes he's been on, but uh, this one. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. That's why. Good job, Terry. Vax happened. Way to get your vaccine. He's the last one. We're all, the whole pod's vaccinated. The lone goat. He was was the lone goat, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Alex, give me that paper cup and thief song. This has been Married to Who, our episode on Nikola Tesla's Night of Terror. If you would like to listen to our podcast in any other way than you have before, you can do so on our website, marriedwho.com, where you can listen to all the episodes, or you can listen to the most recent 110 on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Play. If you want to participate and have your tweets read out by us, you do that on Twitter, Married to Who Pod. You can follow our Instagram, Married to Who, or you can email us, Married to Who at gmail.com i'm probably not gonna read them i don't ever log into that email on behalf of myself jake the marrieds cody sam chill and alex and our producer terry thank you so much for listening please join us next time for the fugitive of the jadoon Do 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 do